we've all known each other for a long yeah. time at this point. Yeah. yeah. How do you quantify long? The three of us went to high school together, yeah. but the three of us have been in a band together for almost eight years now. Yeah, we were just talking about that. So yesterday. Eight years is a pretty long time, too. Sure. We've all, we're all very close. We're like a little family. I want to hear all about your Airbnb situation and why you had to leave the borough. <sighs> well, <laughs> should, should we recite the passage that you uh, sent to the, no. No. Oh, the, the note that you sent to the, uh, the host? Basically, we got, we flew in, we took a, a cab with all of our stuff, and then we got dropped off at the place, and there's a lockbox that had the key uh-huh. in it, and we tried for like 45 minutes to open it and call the person, and they didn't respond, and different strangers were walking by and trying to help us, and we thought maybe the thing was jammed. We took different tools to it and stuff, and then finally we just gave up, and we found a place that on um, Yelp it said that it was still open. I called them. For food. For food. Because oh. we're like, it was freezing. We're yeah. just standing there in the cold, and we're like, well, we might as yeah, well like go 40, somewhere. Yeah, it's like 40, 30, 40 degrees outside. And, uh, <laughs> we and, we have, and you're from we, LA. We've been on a plane for <laughs> like six hours. Well, 11 p.m. <laughs> yeah. Full of so, luggage. So we walk to this pl- I call them. I call this place to be like, is your kitchen open? And they're like, yeah. Uh, I asked when their kitchen closed, and they said, yeah, when we close. And so I'm like, okay. So we walk down there, and the whole place is closed. Then we look up a different place, and we walk there, and that place was the best place ever. Oh. So it was things a wonderful place. You should go out. to fe- Pathos? Paphos? Kef- what was it called? Paphos. Paphos. P-A-P-H-O-S Diner. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was so great. Okay. Best chicken and rice soup. I ever had. <laughs> it was very great. Do you think it was actually very good, or was it a, you hadn't eaten in like six hours? No, and... it was really good. Okay. It was really good. Uh, it was a we're home style. Food. Yeah, we got mashed potatoes, baked potatoes, curly fries, French fries, <laughs> got all the potatoes it felt we like could a desert have. oasis. Did you make it into the Airbnb? Yeah, so as we're on our way to that place, they finally call mm. back and they had given us the wrong code <laughs> to the lockbox. They switched so, the middle two numbers. Okay. <laughs> so then we finally got back and got into it and we walked in and it was just, it smelled like someone had been in there smoking cigarettes. But, and, the, and the smoke detector on the ceiling was off. They were all like, because the guy tried to tell me, he's like, oh, yeah. the last person who had it like smoked in there. We couldn't get it out. And it's like, You've been schmuckin' dude. You spent the night there. We yeah. did. We yeah. had no choice. Okay. Yeah. It was already it was like, like midnight. Yeah. yeah. Even when we woke up, usually you adjust to a smell. No. You <laughs> no. wake up, it's still there, it's in your nose. And then we left smelling like bad uncle. Yeah, all of our clothes. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I smoke too. Like <laughs> and it was horrible. <laughs> I ever was well like I'll go to like Europe or something where they still smoke inside yeah. and remember the days when I used to go to shows. And would just, just like my hair and my clothes would reek of cigarette smoke. It's so gnarly. But and this was somehow worse. It was like they'd never opened the windows, <laughs> yeah. too. It was, it was stale, stale very, smoke. It was stale smoke, yeah. yeah. Not, yeah. Every not, time we'd leave and come back, too, I was like, oh, oh we are not, yeah. Yeah. we are not like underestimating the situation. <laughs> yeah. It's horrible. We got a full refund. Will you guys have a place to stay tonight. You're good. We have friends who, yeah. luckily. Okay. You guys are here for a few days, right? Yeah. Is it is it just like, press and a couple of shows yeah well we're playing a show in north carolina that our label really wanted us to play so we were going to be doing that anyway so we decided to add some dates because we haven't really been able to make it out to the east coast very much distance wise 
So we're stoked to be here. But you just get a couple of days to take in the city? Yeah. Yes. I mean, we're playing tomorrow night and Sunday night. And then Monday we have some other press stuff going on. It's early for press though, right? Because I mean, the, the, the record's a couple months out at this point. Yeah. We're just excited. Why does it take that long to actually come Negotiation. Out? Negotiation. Mixing, mixing yeah. mastering. We, had, we got a new record label that we're going to release. Every here. single aspect of it takes yeah. a few weeks to finalize. And then it just compiles. We, yeah, we recorded the record before we were committed to any label. So mm. when a label approached us, you know, there's a lot of negotiating. And then once they say, okay, we're on board, then they give you the deadlines. And then you have to figure out who's going to do the art, how are we going to do this, what's it going to look like, and figure out all the packaging for it too. And then that is a whole other creative process in addition to writing music. That takes time too. So it's like a leap of faith that you take. Somebody's going to... Somebody's going to sign us. We'll just put this thing out. Well, I mean, we all our first record came out on Castleface, and yeah. we love them, and they're really awesome. So it's not like we were like, is it going to come out? What are we doing? We knew that we would put it out with someone, but Wichita, they had hit us up like a few years prior, actually, and they were really awesome and just super supportive of the band and big fans of the band and just kept on checking in being like hey so how's it going with the new record you know and so that just was dropping really like cool. subtle hints about it. yeah and like yeah. coming to shows and reposting things even though we yeah. weren't on the label at that point or anything too so they were really cool and so we uh started talking to them and why was it clear that it was time to move on from the last label they're very like much a punk label it's not they're not like they're not like super ambitious about creating this really big business type thing where there's like a lot of money involved and stuff and we've been doing it all ourselves for so long and really wanted we won't we would love to like have the opportunities to travel more and we don't have money we're not like rich kids or anything. got airbnb money no man no. <laughs> that was a stretch yeah like, we were originally going to stay with friends and then the yeah. label they were like oh no we'll Wichita was yeah. like, oh, we'll, we'll give you some money to stay somewhere because we're so stoked that you guys are in New York to play these shows. They've helped us out. So it feels like graduating then to the next level. Like you put the, the first work out in 2016 and you're like, all right, it's time to, to take the next step. Totally. It's, it's Wichita's got uh, a lot of, they have just a little bit m more resources to work with. So it's really We, nice. we love Castleface though. So yeah. Absolutely. When was it clear that it was like time to get back in the studio and start recording again? As soon as we had time. Yeah, yeah. I think. We were working <laughs> on new You're always working on new songs by the time the the record comes the old record comes mm -hmm. out, the one you've done before. But we we take our time with working on songs. We play them live a lot before we really like finalize how structures are going to go and lyrics and stuff and we we really work on everything together a lot, so it's the gestation period is a little longer, you know, because it's we're all pooling things together. And we've demoed a bunch of the songs a mm -hmm. few different times just to hear what they sounded like when we weren't playing them together. And we've never worked with like a producer or anything. We just kind of do it all together. So, and then when you have enough songs, you make a record. So you worked with Ty Siegel last time mm -hmm. on the first one. Yeah. When you say you don't work with the producer, I mean, what was what was his role exactly? He recorded it. Okay. And he mixed it. 
So you guys are doing kind of the heavy lifting in terms um, of production? We recorded that whole album in one day. Just out of necessity or? No. No. Because those don't. songs had existed for a few years before we recorded them. Yeah. Like we were really ready when we went in to record. So yeah. it was just like, okay, we Press some of the play. songs was like the first take. Here we go. The conversation around like Pro Tools and recording things digitally is that you have so much control of everything that you basically like polish it in the ground. You can record things like a hundred times, spend like two days working on like a, you know, kick kick drum sound on a record <laughs> so it sounds like you guys just wanted to sort of like almost rip the band-aid off and just go through it as quickly as possible I not overthink it at least he does tape too so it was, yeah. It okay was, yeah it was very much like that sounded good yeah why why do another one like that's yeah. what it was and also like just pre-production wise like if you come in with the songs like where you're just basically going to be playing them live like you would at a show and you know that Everyone knows exactly what they're going to do and how they want to do it and how they want it to sound. And you get all your tones worked out before you – all that stuff's worked out before you go in. Then it's like – it's pretty smooth sailing from there. Was it important to have something that sounded like the live band? I think that was our goal. Yeah. yeah. First time For around. that first record. I think that being said, when we did the second record, we did – we didn't do that. We actually went to the studio. We were recording for six days. Six days? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we – it wasn't to tape. It wasn't like live. As a lot of it was pretty it was like, live. It was, yeah, it was just like a little bit more. It's been a full year, so it's yeah. hard to remember exactly. <laughs> we took a little more time with this one for sure, but we definitely didn't spend two da two days honing in the kick drum sound. No, I think Mike and I finished all of our stuff. Two days. One was it? One day. I thought it was the first day. Yeah, probably. And then was maybe it? we spent we had extra time in the end and we did some cool layering and yeah. weird sound effects on cheese graters and cigar boxes and stuff like yeah. that and bangles. <laughs> we got yeah, we got to get weird. We had time. That was part of the first record too. I mean there were some that you were reading some like passages out of a book at one point on there. There was some studio fuckery happening on there too, even though the those were just the lyrics in the song. That wasn't like an overdub. When Ty mixed it, he just pushed the volume way up on that part, so it sounds kind of separate. But it's really I loved how that yeah. came out. Did you go into this one expecting to make a political record? Honestly, I think it wasn't until after we'd recorded it and stuff, and we were working we on our bio. But also when we like figured out the order of the tracks too because it it tells a story in a sense um lyrically and and it wasn't really like an intention to do that but it kind of came out that way but like yeah politically speaking we didn't like set out to be like this is going to be like the next rage against the machines mm. or yeah. and like it just well, were we writing it during the uh, like Pre, like during the election pre, it was pretty we were writing it before that remember we yeah. had that right we had a song that we played live for a while called fuck trump this is just when he was a candidate yeah. like we all thought there was no way that he could have ever gotten elected like we like were... the shelf life on this song is only gonna be a couple months because he's yeah. just gonna go away well we were just Basically. so offended yeah. by the fact that he was even a contender that it was like yeah. what and then i don't know i mean when he did get elected we i remember the practice where that like after that had happened and we're like, well, I guess it's going to be a punk record. Like, you know, there's so much to be uh, upset about, but also there's so much to be happy about in this beautiful world. <laughs> beautiful friends. Yeah. <laughs> we get to make music together. It's great. So the election happens and you go into practice and you, it's a way to sort of channel some of the, the rage. Well, how else do you deal with Scream into a pillow. 
bottle up inside. Yeah. Scream into a pillow, scream into a microphone, sing softly into a microphone. There's there's a lot of A killer game of racquetball. We should play racquetball. It wasn't clear at the time that there was a theme across the songs until it, like... It wasn't an intention, but I think it was a reaction to how we were affected by our environment, how aware you are, and, you know, and if you're aware of what's going on around you, it's hard not to talk about the things that are bothering you that are happening it is sort of a change though is it just that like a lot of these things are that much more tangible because of what's been happening over the past couple of years there's not that much of a change actually i mean the lyrics on the last record there's two really political songs on that record too small talk is literally about how no one wants to talk about the real problems that are happening in the world but the world is ending and slip in is about like how everything was devolving in a certain sense and you know i mean it's the the bubbles kind of burst recently but it's not like it has wasn't there sure. before just silently growing we've always been very conscious of trying to you know find harmony in the world and being upset that that isn't always the case obviously definitely with this record and with these political times like it's so in your face now and the violations against just for extreme. It's very extreme. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's there's things happening now that I would never have imagined would, like, not cause out just crazy riots. It's wild. So we totally didn't intend to be like, it wasn't like we sat down and we were like, okay, now, like, we're this is going to be the statement or anything. You know, some of the lyrics I was writing when we were at the recording studio while they were doing like overdubs or something i was like sitting by the pool like how do i make this fit in this one line it's definitely if you have the ability to raise social awareness mm. i think that it's important to do that you're following the news and kind of channeling that through your writing well of course i mean I, everyone talks about their times you know and what uh is affecting them whether it be in their love life or spiritually or politically or the energies of the moment yeah. leak into creativity. Totally. And we all have different songs on the record, too, and we're all kind of channeling those same things, but through without, like, conferring with each other or anything. You know what I mean? So it's... There's definitely a vibe of, like, there's something bigger to talk about than this dude that broke up with me last night. We definitely felt <laughs> yeah. that going into this record of, like, oh, this is, you know, going to be something... Bigger than us. Maybe my personal bullshit doesn't matter that much. Right, when there's like right. Other yeah. things so but, everything yeah. in perspective. You do want to balance that, though. I mean, you know, you, you don't want to wade too much into that one particular misery. No, definitely. Yeah. I mean, honestly, a lot of the lyrics for me personally, like we would just be jamming on the song and I would just be saying random words. Yeah. And like, it's a lot of subconscious stuff where, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. just let it go and then we would voice memo record it and I'd be like, oh, whoa, that's crazy. I like that one. And... Right. There's a subtlety to it. Yeah. A lot of, oh, there's a lot of great melodies yeah. on this record. So like, I mean, even if you're not listening to, or you don't even know what it means, like it's still a fun time. That's a pretty big difference. You know, the first record where you guys had that much time to demo the songs, play them live. It sounds like a lot of this was actually kind of being written in studio. Mm, I mean, some songs... The lyrics are the very last part yeah. that I just, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was agonizing over those lyrics for like five months. Just how do I word it just right? Yeah. But we definitely, we, we've worked a lot, like most of the songs out pretty much 
totally how they ended up recording like before we got there. So you've got some thematically some vague idea of what the song's going to be about and then you're just kind of fine tuning the lyrics. Well, certain certain lyrics just come really easily yeah. and naturally and then other ones you have to fill in the gaps later like, "Oh, in that second verse, I know I want to talk about this, but like how do I?" It's it's like a puzzle where like placing words in a certain order so that they sound good when you sing them and they fit in the space and they say what you're trying to say. And not all the songs are like that. You guys have been doing this for a while. You've been working together for a long time. So everyone kind of like knows how each other fits in. But there's a couple of songwriters in the band. So how do you divvy up responsibility? We're always changing. I think, you know, at any given moment, any of us could be inspired. And it's it always, if someone does bring in a song... It always becomes such a different beast in the end yeah. once everyone puts their spin on it. And it's cool to see. I, I, I think it's a pretty even split, but I don't know. Even if even if someone, the person who writes the song initially brings it in, it kind of becomes like everybody's baby. Yeah, we don't, at this point, it's not about like bringing in this fully fleshed out song. Like, okay, and this is your part. Like, it's just like, hey, I have this idea. Yeah. And then everyone kind of contributes. Some of the songs we straight up all wrote together just standing in, in the room. It's kind of like making a pizza. Like if you just, <laughs> if you just really have the this, dough, yeah. it's just a piece of bread. If you just have the tomato sauce, yeah. it's just tomato sauce. And if you just have a cheese, like what are you going to do? <laughs> but if you put all the ingredients together, it becomes a pizza. It becomes a song. Yeah. Okay, so in this analogy, you guys are the ingredients. It's not, it's not for... <laughs> It's not four people making a single pizza. Everyone's just a different ingredient in the yeah. pizza. Yeah. Like, okay. Is it hard, though? Is it hard to kind of come in with an idea for something and to kind of give up control in a sense? It's kind of exciting. It's it's really fun yeah. to see what it becomes. Yeah. And also, like, there we brought, we've all brought in songs that we ended up being like, let's keep trying it. And then you're like, nope, it's just not going to yeah. work. Yeah. And then yeah. you can, you know, it's like, it's not like the song has to live between the four of us if you if you really feel passionate about that song you can do something else with it record it and whatever you know what i mean yeah everybody's got their solo and other other projects going on at the same time probably <laughs> shannon does for sure i've been working on some stuff amy's got some sick beats that she's working on <laughs> secret <laughs> secret beat <laughs> mike secretly is an amazing rapper yeah i don't know i mean sometimes you write a song and then 15 years later you're like oh my god that song i'm i'm gonna do something totally different with it or you know it's like a song is a song you kind of they've all it, got their timing yeah. yeah and there's no it's not like it goes to waste if it like doesn't if we don't end up playing it mm -hmm. or whatever so many band members have this democratic ideal that they would like to have in the band and in, in most cases invariably they're like yeah it's It'd be nice if, like, everybody had the same amount of say in everything, but it, to some degree it has to be run kind of like a dictatorship and that one person really sort of needs to to take control of things if anything's going to get done. Yeah. It depends. It really um, depends. Delegation is key. So yes. for different times and different things, you can be like, hey, can you handle this? Hey, can you handle this? Because I can't. Or, like, but, but, you said, but, like, but for songwriting. Yeah, and we're all pretty good about, like, if somebody has an idea for something, then we'll all... We'll throw it out and try it. I feel like we have a pretty good system because it's not like set in stone. Lane will bring something in and then... Or I like, just want to note the teamwork that's happening right here. <laughs> so Speak of the space. devil. We have a pretty good system. Some people really do need to like have it be a dictatorship. We'll do it from jams or then sometimes somebody will have an idea and then 
it's kind of like a sculpture that we're all kind of throwing in on, right? But that's very specific with our... If someone has like a chorus or a verse, then we'll be like, okay, now we need to figure out how we're going to start the song. How are we going to end the song? You know, and we'll all just kind of like try different things until we all go, aha, that's the thing that needs to happen. Yeah. And it, it's just trial and error. And like, even if, you know, you do come in and you're like, okay, I wrote this part. And then can you play the bass like this? Or can you play the drums like this? Even like telling someone exactly what to play, they're going to have their own interpretation of how they're going to play it. And that brings this kind of like spiciness to it. That brings like the flavor that brings the dynamic that is what we have. That spicy pizza yeah. sauce. Yeah, that spicy sauce. <laughs> I think we, we all know that at the end of the day, we all just want the songs to be as interesting and good as possible. So it's like all yeah. the ideas, like, yeah. let's try them all. Yeah. And, and, you That's know, an you're like, oh, I have this idea. And then, like, what do you think? Should I play it like this or should I play it like that? Or You know? And yeah. so there's a lot That's of... That's important. It's, like, bigger than we're all trying to make the best song. It's not, yeah. It's not about, like, our the ego thing. No. I mean, we're only human, though. So we yeah, try our sure. best right. to be like as diplomatic as possible do you think the songs benefited from having more time to work on them this time out yeah, yeah. i think so yeah. yeah yeah i think the more time in the real world the better because even now that we've been playing them a lot more live after recording it yeah. the songs have transformed into these whole other beings which is kind of fun because I, I love going to a concert and the songs are a little more d- different than the record but do you wish that you had like sort of had some more time with them prior to recording to really feel them out? Yeah, just like playing them live and yeah. like getting comfortable. And then you, you kind of like shed that feeling of I hope I don't mess up. And it's a much more natural feeling. So things are going to happen more organically. The the record sounds great, but I've, I'm yeah. loving the songs live more and more. It must be strange, though, to have that sort of a year plus in between having finished the record and actually being able to. It's not uncommon. It's though. usually yeah. the case. Yeah, that in all my time of playing music even before I was playing my own music but just playing in a lot of other people's bands like that I've heard so many people complain about that over the years it's there's just... so much planning a lot of times bands will break up before it even yeah. comes out like it's, it's there's so much time in between it's the it's like the broken record of musicians being like oh this this record I I'm already over it and it hasn't even come out but luckily we're not are you guys actively playing together and practicing in the interim between the album coming out and I mean we are there's been a lot of traveling going on and we've all been doing our own little things too but there's been so much planning involved mm-hmm. also that we still have to work and support ourselves and stuff so there's only so much time in the day and if you spend like three hours working on that email chain with to organizing the blah 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 like that's three hours that you can't be getting together and playing music so you know there's playing in a band isn't the part that people see of the band playing live and then just recorded is like one small... It's like the tip of the <laughs> iceberg. It's know? like the tip of the slice of pizza. Oh, yes. The slice. The best part. It's the first the bite. It's the best part. It's the best part. The best part. So you guys have been playing together in some form or another for, what, like seven, seven years? I guess more than that in some cases. When did the transition into this current configuration happen? That happened in 2015 when Amy... Joined the band? Yeah. Yeah. She had been living in Santa Cruz. She went to school there. Our previous bass player had moved to New York, actually. Yeah. And then uh, Amy had moved to L.A. And she she agreed to fill in until we could find somebody mm-hmm. permanently. <laughs> 
And then it just clicked really well. Devilish plan. And uh, we'd been through so much like trial and error and stuff at that point that we just decided that it felt so good and like so different that yep. we would just change the name of the band, start fresh. And Why was it important to change the name at that point? Just felt like a different chapter. Is LA a good place to start a band? There's pros and cons for sure. I love LA because pretty much anything you want to do creatively is very possible. There. I mean, that's where people like move to yeah. be rock stars. I was thinking about it the, the other day though, and like the people that move to LA to do something creative, yeah. actress, whatever, yeah, yeah. photography, music, whatever. I, I I look up to them and I respect them because I can't imagine how hard it is yeah. to step into that. I know f- a few people, like I know this girl from Australia who just moved to LA and like just watching them integrate themselves into the scene. Like I know it took me a good six years to find like a tribe that like fully felt real and mm. right and not phony. And I think there's just so many different niches that are available to you and you just kind of have to figure out what you're doing and find the people that will support that because that's the great thing about LA is the music scene is incredibly supportive and like you have this tribe of like bands that just you know you're always playing with kind of similar people on bills and then you meet other people through that and then you play with them and it's this really cool network that's like always helping each other out which I love being in a band in LA I think it's a really great experience but it's not easy it's so saturated. But it makes you want to work that much harder and be that much better because you got to stand out in the sea of talented people. Like, I mean, it's crazy. That's a theme that I come back to on the show, especially people from like small towns. It's sort of like finding your like group of weirdos, like the like yeah. people. Find your freaks. Um, I assume like in a small town is very difficult. I wonder if it's... I think it's easier in a small town. Yeah, Yeah, because they're standing out like a sore... The the one band that rolls through town that you love and then all the people who are also there. And you're like, okay, cool. You like this weird punk band or whatever too? Okay. We obviously will have a lot in common. (laughs) In Los Angeles, I think there's a lot of people pretending to be something that they want to be. It's harder to find like an authentic person there but when you do it's it's really obvious like it's great use the word phony before i mean there are a lot of manufactured groups or a lot of people trying to be sort of something that they're not there you get paid doing it you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. authenticity is it seems like especially like these days is it is a tricky concept definitely you can be anybody you want to be. You, you can be a different person tomorrow. I'm like the worst actress in the world. So I think that I would, I don't know. I, I actually have trouble with a lot of parts of LA myself too, because because of that very case where it's like, I'm, I'm kind of like gullible and trusting. And when someone pretends to be something, I believe them and it's, it does not work out for me very well. <laughs> no. Wait, so how many of you are natives? All of us. All of us. Okay. So, I mean, that's a different experience than like, yeah. Yeah. having spent your entire life there. Or most of your life there versus moving there as an adult. I mean, I, I could, I'm sure I could speak for everybody how lucky we all are to have grown up there because we yeah. were just kind of dropped into this place. And, I, and as very young kids started going to shows in L.A. and you just get hooked and get to integrate yourself that much faster, which I think once you kind of build up momentum, it's hard to stop. So, you know, us all being 10, 15 years into our music careers are you know, we have a, a reputation that is hard to develop unless you've put in that time and, like, really shown what what you can do and how hard you can work. 
People really appreciate that, I think. Before you guys got here, I was doing another interview with somebody who is originally from New York and moved to L.A. And oh, he was wow. just talking about, yeah, I was just like getting like so like bored of New York. I wonder how much of it is just like people kind of taking for granted where they're from. Oh, completely. Yeah. Just, like, it's so easy to do. It's important to put things in perspective. Leaving L.A. is always really interesting, like going to the Midwest or to the South. It's such this amazing bubble of like nobody looks at you weird if you're you know, if you have orange hair and like you're just having going to the supermarket, like, but my, my hypothetically, wife... <laughs> right, yeah. right. Well, in LA, in a, and that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Right. In LA, it's a, it's this bubble of just like you can be who you want to be, you can believe what you want to believe, and for the most part, you're free to do that without you know, any kind of persecution, but everywhere else it's, it's so different. You know, I've got family like in the Valley. I mean, you could like be in LA, but also like not really like be from LA. We're from the outskirts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we all moved to the city as, as teenagers, I think. We're from the Valley. We're from the Valley. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. I grew up at the mall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, ga- the Galleria. I yeah. went to the Galleria after school. I'm from like Reseda. <laughs> yeah. I grew up in Redondo Beach, which is a great place. <laughs> Born in the Valley. Was it clear that you guys wanted to stay in L.A. or, you know, at any point were you trying to oh, escape? I wanted, to, I wanted to get as far away from Los Angeles as I possibly could when I graduated high school. Well, Redondo in particular, because I, I feel like you always have to have that disdain for your hometown. Yeah. When you leave, you're just like, fuck this place. And like, you, I, I almost went to Chicago. I almost went to San Francisco. And then I just ended up moving to the city. And it, it was great. It was perfect. Like, it, and now I've been out of high school for 10 years now and... Um, I have this whole appreciation for my hometown that I never had. I'm like, oh, I had the best childhood. But I think, I don't know, for me, it was like, I'll just, this is the cheapest, easiest option. Let's just do this. (laughs) I hear that it's as, in a lot of places, as expensive as like New York or San Francisco. Yeah. It it depends. You get lucky. Like if, if, I think the only way really at this point that you end up finding a place that's really affordable is through friends, you know, your friends will move out and they'll have a great place that's a great deal and then they'll bring you in and so it works out. I don't pay much for for my rent, but I live like, you know, 15 minutes away from downtown driving, but I have like a yard and stuff Mm -hmm. and I pay That's the nice thing about LA. There's so many pockets, unexplored pockets, like that are still, you could get a... One yeah. hundred for twelve hundred bucks. It's not the worst. You still have to have day jobs. And, oh yeah, and, and work. You know, in the meantime, you can't just sort of no provide for yourself on music alone at this point. She I, is right yeah. now. Yeah. I've I've had phases of doing it. I played in some other bands where I toured and lived off of that for a while. But you just find in L.A. the the really cool thing is that there are so many weird odd jobs, and like I've managed to find like the. One that works really well for me because it's just freelance and you just go in and, you know, report your hours and it's you're not dealing with like having to be somewhere at a specific time or stay till, you know, so I do a lot of session work because I'm a violinist and stuff, too. That works really well. But I think I feel like in L.A. there are so many weird jobs that people can do where they can then be in bands and be available to leave town all the time and stuff or you know, actors with auditions and stuff, you know, like, I, I don't know, LA's got, LA's got a lot of weird stuff. You're saying the music isn't really fully supporting me, but like, you're supporting yourself with music. Yeah. Does that not feel as sort of, you know, like authentic or, I mean, obviously, it's not exactly what you want to do playing as a studio violinist. I mean, it's, it's it all comes, honestly, actually, I, I, I made more singing for movie trailers yeah. last month than I did as a <laughs> like as doing violin session work but as you kind of just piece it together with different things I mean obviously having a a band is like a 
whole ambitious venture with mm -hmm. other people and stuff. And that it's really fun and rewarding in a way that, oh, I just played violin for two hours on someone's record. You know, it's it's different because uh, actually I, it's I, more I like know. alive in a sense, like playing it's, live. It's like you have a mission that is like that you're invested in. I think that's maybe yeah. what it boils down to is like if you're creatively invested in something where it's like your child in a way and you really want the best for it and you want to see it grow up healthy and strong and go out into the world and affect other people in a positive way. You know what I mean? Like You can tell when someone's genuine pretty quickly, I think. Like I, I see musicians all the time like, and I've known a lot of them where like you know them in real life and they're great people and then they get on stage and it's like holy shit that's who you are like that is who you fucking are and like I think the, those are the people that they have to do it it's not like they want to they're like oh this will be fun it's like you have to do it and even if you were homeless or broke like you'd still be somewhere singing a song or playing guitar you don't have a choice in the matter so maybe in a way it's more pure if it's something that isn't providing for you, if it's something that like you're spending all of your extra time doing, if it's something that you're doing all these other jobs to essentially subsidize. Yeah. I think that's the funny thing about it is yeah. you always hope that it's going to sustain you because it's such an essential part of life. Music is essential to everybody's life. And yet it's kind of looked at as this thing of like, oh, you're a musician. Like, that's good cute. luck with that. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but culture. what do you really do? Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's it, it's 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 frustrating because you know culture right now is it's like it's so capitalistically driven that musicians will make music music whether you pay them to or not. That's just the fact of the matter. So supply and demand doesn't work when you're talking. It's not like a commodity like that. Where people are like, oh, I need someone to paint my house. So then you pay, pay someone to paint your house. It's like, oh, I want to listen to some music. You don't just like hire a musician to come over and play at your house yeah. anymore. You can just listen to it for free and that's it. Like you never think about how that affects that musician. And not that like I'm trying to guilt trip anyone or anything. It's just just the way Is that – a Napster call out coming <laughs> on right now? It's, music is kind of – being a musician is in a lot of ways like a very sort of like – it's it's almost like a spiritual path in a way where you're like, I have to do this because it's important, even though it's not like financially rewarding. So much has changed in the past 10 years that it just sort of you take for granted at this point that you're probably not going to ultimately make that much money doing it. Yeah. Like Spotify yeah. and all these things have changed the math entirely. Yeah, it does kind of. You know, you'd, you'd think that in a way it kind of weeds out people who aren't doing it because they have to. So that's. Everything's got an up and a downside, you know? Or they make it bigger than anybody. No, that's true. <laughs> and they get that, all the That's true. Heads. Well, there's a that's difference a between too. entertainment and art. Yeah. <laughs> true. You get to like the 10-year mark, the 15-year mark as a, a band or a solo artist. And you kind of grapple with, I don't know if like the venues are getting bigger, if the audience is getting bigger. You know, especially like now, the question of these indie musicians who are like in their late 30s, 40s, are fewer people coming out because they've got kids now or are just fewer people consuming music at this point? Do you feel like it's necessary to continue to get bigger with each subsequent album in order to sustain the momentum? I think the goal is for it to sustain itself. Like, I don't, I don't think any of us expect to become millionaires off of this. Mm. And like, as a band, I think as a, as a rock and roll band, it's kind of leaving 
the station right now. Like something else is going to come. Like there's like all this different stuff brewing. But I think as far as like four kids coming out of the garage and into the venue, it's going to be hard for you to make money. I think inevitably it's yeah. it's difficult why don't you say that because i'd like to see the numbers on that because i feel like i feel like live shows are more popular now mm. than they've ever been where people aren't necessarily buying as many records even even though like the vinyl game is like a really is a collector knit niche market now i think live it's more popular than ever this is where having a break between records yeah. comes into play because you go away for a while and people are like, when is the next record coming out? And then we say, oh, soon, soon, soon. <laughs> so <laughs> it's coming. I personally don't think about what we're doing based on some kind of like long game plan mm -hmm. of like, are we going to continue growing in the, you know, like capital... This fiscal year. Fiscal year uh, report. Oh, you know what when I mean? It's like in August, April? If, if the band <laughs> is... Like it, if it just na it naturally happens where like you're playing shows and people more people are there and they're really stoked yeah. and it's that much more fun, you know. So it's like it's it's really like a very natural thing where you're. I mean, I'm sure we'll just do it until it's not fun anymore. But then tax time rolls around and you've got all your W nines and you're like, well, I, I I guess I can keep doing this for a while. Yeah, I mean, trust me, I've if having like a negative account balance yeah. was a, a deterrent to being a musician, I would have quit long ago. <laughs> I think the flip side of this, though, is that it's kind of now or never, right? I mean, it, you're only young ones. You're, well, now is all we have. Yeah. yeah. Yesterday's gone and tomorrow yeah. is not here. So it's always now. You're not always going to have the energy to like work a day job and then playing a band at night. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. For the love of the game. I mean, it's, it's, I can't, I can't, uh, express how fun it is to play shows and like how worth it it is to like be making music with your friends and, and for people to be ex as excited as you are about it. That's, it's one of the best feelings in the world. There you go. That was Feels, their new record, Post Earth, will be out on February 22nd on Wichita Recordings. Thanks so much to them. Thanks to Amanda at Chromatic for helping set up that conversation. Thanks to you guys, as always, for listening to the program. If you like the show, there are a number of ways to support us. You can rate and review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We're on YouTube now, pretty much wherever you happen to get your podcasts. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Tumblr. That's rwellcast.tumblr.com. If you have any feedback, it's rwellcast at gmail.com. And that's about it for now. We'll be back in a few days with another episode of R.I.Y.L.